Good morning, wherever you are. Uh, whether it's morning for you or not, it's morning for us. Uh, good morning and welcome to the Real World Podcast. My name's Tyler. I'm your host. And I'm here with uh, Scott and Bobby, uh, who tackle real issues in a real world, mending the gap between boomers and millennials. Good morning, guys. Morning. morning. Do you know what I just realized? What'd you realize? Last episode, we talked about how I really wanted coffee, and I didn't, didn't think to get coffee for this episode either. <laughs> wow. Uh, can we pause now? I want coffee. You're <laughs> killing me here. All right. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back with coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, what's going on in your guys' lives right now? Uh, well, for me, uh, and Tyler knows, oh, I guess you guys both know about this, but Tyler's involved with this, but, uh, we actually recently started another podcast. Yeah. Our third one. We now have three podcasts. We're, uh, either really enjoying this or really, uh, self, uh, self-flagellating. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Just love hearing our own voices. Yeah. It's one of the two. Yes. Either we really like hearing our own voices or we really hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Three podcasts is a lot of work. Yeah, so we started a, a podcast called Rotten Potatoes to make fun of Rotten Tomatoes, um, or just a little play on words. And what we do is it's four of us. It's Tyler and myself, and then our two other hosts are Zach and Jake. And we watch movies that at least one of us haven't watched before. Um, typically, they're going to be like big movies that everyone should have seen already. And then we talk about them, review them, and then we get the opinions of the people who had already seen them and the the uh, opinions of the people who, who this was their first time. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun time hanging out with friends and just talking about old movies. Yeah. I yeah. like it. So what you're saying is on your other two podcasts, you have fun. <laughs> and we talk about real world issues. Yeah. No, I mean, I have fun with this. So one you too. think mom's a drag, no. right? I wouldn't That's do what it. I heard too. I That's what so. I heard. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was fun. Yeah. Good. Don't good. you remember? I called you up. You did. He did call me This was me my out. idea. This I said, true. hey, mom, I have an idea for a podcast. You Would did. you be and interested? Which is a good segue in what I wanted to talk about. And I just wanted to talk about change. And I think what I shared with in the very beginning, you know, I was so actively involved with um, the show When Calls the Heart. And a shout out to the Hardys. Season seven begins next Sunday, a week from oh, tomorrow, February 23rd. It's still going. I thought it it's, had canceled. No, it's still going. And then When Hope Calls was a um, spinoff. That, that now is on the Hallmark Channel that they're going to air the first season afterwards. I have to believe that they're going to continue that one as well. Mm. And anyway, so I just think about life change and how I can't even, you know, I think Dave could tell you or my family could tell me how, tell you how actively involved I was. Yeah, um, you were busy. With, I was busy all the time. I mean, literally thousands of hours that I devoted and how when he gave, sent, or yeah, sent easily, um, easy for me to say, right? Uh, when you called me yeah. about this podcast, how I was so excited about it, and I knew that life was going to change for me when I kind of stepped down from the hearty stuff at the end of the year, and now I'm so, I'm so busy between watching grandkids, looking for a house, um, doing the podcast, and you know, life changes and we adapt, right? It's so mm-hmm. important that we are adaptable. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so that's kind of where I am right now. Those who can't change die. <laughs> Boy, it sounds Quote uplifting. It. <laughs> Quote it. We uh, we we actually have the uh, I, I can't I've, I have to be careful about how much I say about this. Um, but at our church, we actually have a series coming up this year that's going to be just about that. It's going wow. to be just about just uh, about change, change, life transitions, major life transitions, and how we navigate through those as as Christians. You know, it, it, it is interesting because I think about like in our house hunt, and I talked about that in the last podcast, you know, that was kind of what was up. And and I look at what's important to my dad in getting a house. He's like, how, clo- how far is the pharmacy from the house? How mm-hmm. far is his doctor? And are there restaurants nearby? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> those are the three so major things. When you're 84, you know, those things are important because he says, I, you know, I didn't see any restaurants when we were there. It's like, you know, I like to eat out, so... Anyway, yeah. And so it gets to that whole issue of change. It's like, you know, when you're 84, you're pretty set in your ways. I'm mm-hmm. set in my ways at 58, but I like to think I'm pretty adaptable and open um, because I've always kind of liked change and I'm a challenger. Yeah. So I'm not for the same place, same thing. Just ask your dad, you know, having mm-hmm. to rearrange that he furniture. He could eat the same meal every, he, he every day. He could. And I yeah. got to have something different. Even when I go places, when I drive places, I like to take different routes. Mm-hmm. And no. Dad, so that's why we complement each other. Yeah. There's a few things I think I could eat quite a bit, like chili. 
Oh, okay. pierogies. Pierogies for sure. <laughs> we eat. I make chili a lot. It's it, it's at least once a month. It's becoming a more point of tension in this house. <laughs> once a month isn't a lot. I don't. Think. It's it's a lot more than once okay. a month. It's it's become no. once a month because I put the brakes on. But there was a month where he made it every single week. I would I would make it every week. But why not change up the chili recipe? Like you I do can change do it like every the time. chicken chili recipe. I mean I don't change yeah. it a he ton. Ta- I don't change I, it a ton. I, I even do, like, asked him to change things. the meat, and <laughs> right, he said no. He said no. Do with pork. Do with chicken. You know, put different kinds of vegetables. You know, in Tyler, it. for you, know? you, I will change the meat. Okay? <laughs> I have this on record now. Yep. Yes, you I do. will do it. I will do it. Proof, Tyler, that he will you have it up. full creative control over the next batch of chili. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. All right. <laughs> we do have that frozen ground beef in the in the freezer, though. So, well, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you could make tacos or something with that. We could. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, hey, let's get into uh, our our sort of core core conversation for uh, for this episode, yeah. and uh, I thought it would be a, a fun one for us to talk about uh, gun control. Uh, we uh, in Southern California, um, it, we're sort of in an interesting place because uh, in California we have some of the more strict gun laws, mm-hmm. gun control laws compared in, to other states. Yeah, compared to other states in the country, it's like us in New York, but. Here in the Inland Empire where we live, uh, we live in a very conservative pocket mm-hmm. of California. So California mm-hmm. is a very liberal state, but I we say live very in very conservative. I would say more conservative uh, I, by uh, by comparison to yes. the rest of the I'm state. D- yeah, yes, that may be true. Yeah, by comparison to the rest of the that state, may be true. Uh, and uh, so we do have uh, a lot of people in our uh, geographic region who have some very conflicting views on gun control. Mm-hmm. And of course it's one of the biggest conversations um, in, in the, the nation, po- right in the now. nation yeah, right for now. Sure. So, mm-hmm. so uh, let's, uh, let's start off and just kind of get your, uh, we'll, we'll start with Scott, just kind of get your initial take on, uh, on gun control. Yeah. So uh, for me, when it comes to guns, I would say I am for common sense gun laws uh, I'm for universal background checks for for longer waiting periods when you do purchase a firearm, um, and also for um, restrictions on certain types and uh, attachments to the firearms. Okay, so uh, do you want me to get more specific into those? No, n- not necessarily. Uh, but is is there uh, then in your view? Um, is there like a, a second amendment right for all citizens to have to possess a firearm? I think there is with restriction. Okay. Um, pending certain things like, um, if someone can't pass a psych exam, for example, like I don't think we should, not everyone. Um, I think, while someone's incarcerated and maybe for a few years after their incarceration, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is a right that can come back. Yeah. Um, but once again, uh, when I talk about restrictions on types and attachments and accessories, I currently believe the only real reasons to have guns these days are for hunting or for self-protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would probably eliminate pretty much every um, automatic weapon out there. Wait, you don't believe that uh, <laughs> we should be able to operate a standing militia in our home? <laughs> no. <laughs> we have uh, we have some roommate conversations to have. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of where I stand. Yeah. Bobby, what about you? Um, yeah, I would say that I generally agree with what, um, what Scott is saying, although I... I feel uncomfortable with saying it's just for hunting or uh, personal like protection. Personal protection. Because, what other use? Well, I think even though it would be hard to imagine that we could withstand the forces of the government, you know, with all of the armed services that they have, I would like the right to be able to have a militia a regulated militia i mean that's what the second amendment provides for mm-hmm. so i wouldn't want that like not to be allowable at all because yeah, yeah. what I is mean, that i guess it kind of brings us to if we're going to like kind of talk about second amendment stuff um what is a well-regulated militia 
Well, that's is that just a bunch of people with guns? Because that seems very unregulated to me. It kind of does it. Is unregulated a word? What would be the opposite of regulated? Deregulated. Deregulated. Maybe. Um, it reminds me of the Patriot, the movie, Mm -hmm. the Patriot, where. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and here's the thing. But they were pretty They were awesome. in a very different time than us. <laughs> they were. They were. Um, where you were talking about muzzle loaders and it took 13 seconds to shoot two different people. Right. Well, I, uh, and the people on. had the same type of firearms that's, as the government. That's that was that's the what I was going to say. Yeah. The difference mm-hmm. is like it it's it's all scaled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sure. so yeah. like uh, it's not like we're talking about people having guns that uh, police don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this isn't like, you know, England where, you know, gun restrictions are so important because even the police don't carry guns. And so like mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. have, you know, uh, a, a mismatch of power there. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think we need to be careful to say like, oh, well it's different because they're muzzle loaders. Yeah. So for me, the reason I bring that up in uh, the the founding fathers, when they write this, I don't think they had these fully automatic guns in mind. I don't think they had things larger than guns in mind, things like missiles or warheads or uh, nuclear weapons, because those are all technically armaments. But they're not firearms. But th- that's not what the Second Amendment says. It just says arms. Uh. I, I mean, I'm, I could be wrong. I don't think anyone is arguing that. I think you're kind of creating a straw man. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, and, and probably if we were to go and look at various court cases and things like that, that that's probably clarified what those arms are. In past cases. And yeah, that would be my guess. I guess, again, I would um, fall back on the whole argument of freedom and... Um, you know, when you look at the Declaration of Independence and and you and you kind of break that down, we're given individual rights to bear arms. Mm-hmm. It's not just about forming a militia. And if you look at the court cases, Supreme Court, um, it's an individual right that we've been given. Whether or not we're self-protecting, hunting, or forming a militia, mm-hmm. in, in the way I look at it. Why not? Why doesn't the people come together and actually form a regulated militia then? I don't think the government would allow it. I mean, I think that there would probably be like why doesn't the the people have and here's How here's do another we know thing that there isn't that that isn't being done. I mean, there might be yeah. in other places. Yeah. There, <laughs> there are yeah, there yeah. are uh, believe, militias yeah. throughout yeah. the country right sure, now. I believe there are. Here's the thing too, though. I think if if we went into civil war uh, for some reason. I think there would be military personnel on both sides as well. I don't think all military personnel would just like the same thing that Mm -hmm. happened in our last civil war. Right. Right. And so, um, it's, yeah, it was such a different time and place. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I want to keep the right there. mm -hmm. I think we need to have better common sense laws that help uh, identify what this really means. Well, and I can't disagree with you. And I think that's kind of where I think we're more aligned in this issue um, than not. Mm-hmm. But m- from my perspective, it's all about the rights that are associated with the issue. Because personally, I'm not a gun person. Like, yeah. I'm just, I don't like guns. I have never been able to bring myself to really shoot a gun. I've gone hunt I'm not hunting I've gone to, to the, the gun range, gun range and everything this, yeah. and I literally could not bring myself to pull the trigger to pull the trigger I thought you shot once and you didn't No like I it. think I could do a handgun um and the thing is our family has lots of guns too and um I really should know and I don't know mm-hmm. and I don't feel comfortable with them yet at the same time I totally support the right of the individual mm-hmm. to you know have them Yes how do you feel about some of those other more advanced technologically guns? The ones that are bigger clips can shoot 700 rounds a minute. Like, how do you feel about those yeah, types of guns? I, I really have, um, ambivalent on that. I mean, I have, um, I sometimes I've been both on both sides of the fence on this. I want to say it's like, I really, on one side, I don't understand the need for that. It's like under what circumstances would you need it? 
Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, when I go to the freedom aspect, it's like we should be free to be able to do that. We may need to protect ourselves someday. When I look at the political landscape today and how just challenging it is, um, how divided we are as a country, it really scares me at the thought of, say, a, a political party or a political movement where like all the guns are taken away because I mean, there are a lot of people and especially in power that want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't want citizens to be armed at all. And that is just beyond um, my comprehension. Mm -hmm. Like why we would ever want to give them that kind of power because that's not what the bill of rights um, and the, and the constitution provides, you know, again, it, so it comes back to freedom from Mm. my perspective, but, I also recognize that, you know, as we talked in our last podcast about free will and, you know, people make bad decisions and, you know, they're living in the flesh and, you know, um, I don't know. I, I guess for people of faith or maybe people that, I, you could even say among so many of the, massacres and whatever have been because people were overzealous even in their faith yeah Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of a scary thought that you wouldn't be able to protect yourself Mm -hmm. you know and so i just lean on the side of freedom but like i said it is kind of scary at the thought of how some people living in the flesh you know would have the choice to be able to just go you know yeah. Shoot up. I think about Sandy Hook and that just like breaks your heart. Yeah. You know how somebody could go in and shoot 30 kindergartners is like, I think beyond the comprehension of most of us. Yeah. That's just pure evil. Yeah. Um, but in that case, that person had, uh, you know, definitely had some, was mentally handicapped and, and had some issues. And I firmly support that people that have, um, you think there should be a psych exam of some kind before I, you can buy a gun? I have, I honestly have no problem with that. You know, or some kind of reasonable... Or background checks uh, you, as well. You know what? I guess, again, let's get back to what we were saying in the beginning. Living in California, I'm really accustomed to those laws because our family mm-hmm. does have guns and everything that you've had to go through to get well, them. Even California doesn't require a psych exam. No, 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 they don't. But I'm just saying I'm accustomed to, like, sensible mm-hmm. kind of laws. And I do, I guess, generally support those because mm-hmm. um, we... It's, it's not so much... I mean, yeah, I talk about freedom and we want the opportunity to, to defend ourselves. Um, but it's also, you want to protect society too. And mm-hmm. so I think we have a responsibility to, when it comes to the safety and security of, of the common good, yeah. to identify people that would aren't able to handle those freedoms, yep. right? And so I would support that. I would support a psych exam. I would support kind of what we have in California. Um, I know initially it's like anything else with change where, you know, the laws are changed and people start freaking out about having to um, do the mandatory background checks and everything because I know the whole thing with ammunition came, what, mm-hmm. a year or so ago. Yeah. And, you know, my family wasn't really exactly thrilled about that. <laughs> but you know what? Where's the harm in that? Like, truly, where's yeah. the harm in that? It I, takes a little bit longer to get your It ammo. takes a little bit longer, but you know what? And their whole it's thing okay. is the government knows who exactly. has ammo. And, and you know what? I kind of like that. And again, I'm not a big government person. I am for freedoms. But at the same time, I think the one thing that the government is responsible for is for the safety and security of mm-hmm. the people. The people at large. The people at large. Yeah. And so, therefore, that's one area where mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with it, as yeah. opposed to universal health care that we and talked about. I think one of the, the more difficult parts of gun legislation is it's not all that difficult to make your own gun. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. And yeah. so, while you could have a law that says this gun is not allowed and you can't actually buy it from anyone, it wouldn't be all that hard to just make one yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say, I do resent all those YouTube videos, whatever weapon, not necessarily even just a gun, bombs and things no. like that, that you can go out and they tell you exactly how to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, again, as we talked in the last podcast with regard to free will, I mean, it's a scary thought, but some people just aren't... Uh, you really can't trust that they would make the right decision mm-hmm. on when to use something like that. So, 
you know, like I don't have a problem with when I think about, okay, when I need to buy Sudafed, I have to go up to the pharmacist and ask for the Sudafed yeah. because you can make meth with it, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't feel infringed by But what are the rules ar- even around that? Like, is it like if you try to buy more than a certain amount, they say no? Or like, how do they? Yeah, it, you're just limited on how much. How much you and, can buy. And they, have, and they have some discretion about, I mean, looking at you and refusing yeah. to sell to you. And I think mm-hmm. they all communicate with each other. So if I were to go to Walgreens and get it and go to Rite Do they like take it, your ID and like scan it? They do it? take your they ID. They do take they your do. ID. They do. So I think that there's somebody, I, again, I don't know what entity would be overlooking I mean, that. I guess the FDA, maybe DEA, more oh, likely. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's just kind of a, an analogy. I don't feel infringed by having to give my ID mm-hmm. to get that because that's for the greater good, right? They're trying to protect. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, and it, it's one of those. It's the age-old thing, like uh, Ben Franklin talked about it, of like giving up liberty mm-hmm. to essential liberty for temporary security. Mm-hmm. And what what does he say? He says um, the, the person who gives up essential liberty, liberty for, for temporary security deserves neither. deserves neither. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not to say that it's always true, but uh, he has he raises a, a decent point. Um, just a few just statistics on uh, before you get into that. Um, something came up uh, in this com- <clears throat> in this conversation that I wanted to ask you. You said that. Uh, in your view, the only two purposes uh, for a gun in today's world would be uh, personal defense or hunting. Um, would you include in that just sport enjoyment? Like sure. Enjoying sure. going okay. like. So I, really three I, then. I, I want to have a gun because I like guns. Yeah. I like yeah. shooting. Yeah. I like going out target, target yeah. shooting. Mm-hmm. Like it's just right. fun. Uh, that's still. Well, within, within, reason, within reason. Within reason. Think yeah. about every carnival in America. We teach little ones from the time they're little that oh, you're yeah. shooting at something. Yeah. You know, so it is a sport, you know? But I think you can have fun with those, with those same types of firearms. I, I don't know if you have to have the fully automatic 100 round clips to have fun. I don't think that you have to, but I think that, like, Sure, it might be fun to sit there and shoot some more. I yeah. mean, I I, I went or to what that. if those were only then available at those types of ranges? Well, sure, yeah. Like, I mean, I I don't have uh, obviously I, I'm not military or law enforcement. I don't have any automatic weapons. I don't feel the need to get automatic weapons. Like, I don't. For me, that isn't something that uh, that I want. And part of that is I just don't want the responsibility of that. Mm-hmm. True. Um, but I'll tell you what, that range out near Las Vegas where you can, you know, shoot these, uh, you know, automatic rifles. Oh, my gosh. It's so much fun. Yeah. It is a yeah. blast. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's, I think there's legitimacy to that, that as Americans, to a certain degree, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have a right to fun. Um, but if there's, we do have, uh, we do have rights that can't be impinged on, uh, without good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we have the right to the pursuit of happiness. And if that's what makes you happy. Well, you know. yeah, well, that, that's a slippery slope. It's though. a slippery well, slope. It is, yeah. it killing is. People but no, you but I'm, you're talking about killing people. I'm talking about just, well, but you know. no, because that's different because yeah. my rights end where your nose begins. Y- yes. So if w- something makes me happy that doesn't affect you right. at all, then right. I should have that right. Um, yeah, I, there's a lot of other areas. I was trying to just make a more stronger, uh, position, but yeah, I mean, things like prostitution, right. Uh, it's illegal in most places. It's legal in some areas. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, again, we're talking about, uh, th- like interactions between two people, mm-hmm. you so know what I mean? Pro prostitution. No, I'm saying that, that, uh, this is involving more than one person. So again, the, my point was my rights end where your nose begins. There are so many, uh, there's like much of the prostitution industry is sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I think that we are dealing with an issue where we need to protect the rights of people who are being trafficked. Sure. And so I'm, I'm I say outside of that. I'm saying if it's well, just but two I'm not, people. I'm saying it's not just two people. If it's just two people, it's sex. It's not <laughs> prostitution. Uh, I mean, if someone just wants to sell themselves for money, it's prostitution, right? If it's, if it's someone who's willingly doing it themselves. Yeah. As, again, my point is it's involving another person. And so that's why it's a slippery slope. 
there should be no laws where it's like this affects me and literally no one else. This doesn't affect you. And for you to say you can't do that, that I think violates that person's right to to pursuit of happiness, well, right I, to liberty and pursuit of I, happiness. I think it depends because I can think of an example, abortion. It affects another person. Only if you Ooh. classify them as a person. Ooh. That's really oh, the oh, child is a person. Well, that's where most of the like debate is. No, no, okay. the child is a person True. that affects okay. another person. Okay, thank like, you. Right. Okay. Well, that's where most of that Bad debate example, is at. Bobby. Yeah, is, is absolutely. This an actual human being or not? Yeah, but but I'm just well, yeah. Bobby agrees yeah. with me. We're on yeah. the same page. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. But which is why I was not supportive of universal health care sure. because then you're forcing one person to have to take care of another person. Yeah. And it's like no. So. Yeah, no, I, I actually do. I would I would stand on that, that it's like it's it's a clear violation of of a inalienable right in the Bill of Rights. If what makes me happy and affects no one else that you're going to tell me I can't do it. Yeah, I think once again, uh, I mean, I think I add that to my list, the having it for fun. Um, I still don't think that it, I don't see those guns existing for the purpose of the other two. Um, and sure. so yeah. I think having them maybe only at ranges for fun consumption. Sure. Why not? Yeah. But I, I just because I don't want to buy them doesn't mean that I feel like I have the right to tell someone else you can't buy this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also have to think that just cause it's on the bill of rights doesn't mean it's necessarily right. Like, we can change those things. Sure, but I do think they're right. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, think- I'm a strong defender of the Constitution. And if someone is going to amend it, I'm going to faithfully live my life as a citizen based on the Constitution as it's changed. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not going to try and... Uh, I'm also not going to try and force people to live outside of it because that's the social contract we as Americans have all agreed to. Sure. Is the Constitution. Yeah, and like I said, I'm I propose gun reform. Um, I'm not saying uh, to get rid of these things, but I think we do need to add and change some things. Yeah. I Sorry, I'm getting a little too. No, no it's okay, no. and and I can't disagree. I mean, I can see both of your perspectives. My perspective is I'm more concerned about those people. Well, I'm not. I'm not as concerned about the type of. Um, arms as I am about who should have them. So I think the background check is vital and it probably doesn't even go far enough, you know, because um, sometimes, you know, you hear it's like, well, they've never been arrested before. And it's like they went in and they shot up a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Clearly there had to be something in their background that should have given a warning or notice that this person was going to go off. Not necessarily. I I mean, background checks are more, um, for felt security and less for actual security. <laughs> well, but that's my point though. It's like, I don't think it goes far yeah, enough. Yeah, that's what she just you know, said. I'm saying, I think that there's, should be other, some other type of evaluation um, that takes place. And now you, I know I'm kind of talking out both sides of my mouth because now I'm talking about losing freedom in certain <laughs> areas. But again, I, I go back to the safety and security of the common, you know, good mm-hmm. uh, the com- for the people. So... Yeah, this is just a real, real tough issue. Yeah, know? I think it comes down to and where people tend to lie on this issue is what's more important, safety or liberty. Right, right, right. And I think that's where people tend to like draw right. their lines and, and pick me, their sides. They're both important. Yeah, you they're know? both you very know? important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say if there's one area that I would be willing to lose some liberties, it's in this area. Mm. You know, because again, it's for the safety and protection of the common mm-hmm. good. I mean, it's for the common good mm-hmm. and um, versus an individual type of thing. Well, and there's something we talked about a little bit before we started recording. So I know where you're going to be at with this. But I think that if we're going to have, uh, you know, restrictions on, Uh, certain types of firearms, certain types of attachments, uh, just because they have the, a greater potential for harm. Mm -hmm. I I think that that's why we would have these regulations is that these attachments or certain types of firearms have a greater potential for harm than say 
a handgun with a seven round magazine. Yep. Um, so if we are going to have those regulations, I, I would put forward that we need to be consistent and we need to, uh, have similar restrictions on the size and speed of vehicles. Uh, I would a hundred percent agree with it though, with that as well. Uh, talking about, and I looked up these statistics before we started too. 1.25 million people die every year in America because of car accidents. Yeah. Which is astronomically higher than guns. Yeah. There's only about 40,000 people a year that died of guns. Yeah. And there's 1.25 million that died to, to cars. So I a hundred percent agree. I think there should be harsher punishments on those who break the law when it comes to uh, driving. I think there should be more regulations on how fast cars can go, what kind of cars there there are that exist. Um, I, I think there should be road reform, I guess I'll call it. <laughs> I think you're introducing that. Yeah. I think road you're reform. introducing think you road reform. All your local. Into the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I would just say... Again, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, have like a red herring. I, I think that we have to be logically consistent there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I still would say that we're, uh, I would wonder if we're unnecessarily infringing on people's rights. Well, here's the thing that we haven't talked about that, and, and that regarding this, and, and that is, Regardless of whatever gun laws we have, the criminals are going to get the guns anyway. Absolutely. And so, you know, basically what you're saying is we're trying to to um, tie the average citizen's hands behind their back while the criminal can just shoot them, you know, in <laughs> front of them. I mean, it's like truly, I mean, when you look at the crime in like Chicago, New York mm-hmm. City, who have like some of the toughest gun laws their crime is higher yeah. than it is in areas where you have a lot more people that are armed that have the concealed weapons permits and mm-hmm. things like that. I think it still comes down to responsibility. And so I'm more akin to doing a deeper background check, a, a you know, a broader one so that we get to the heart of the person. Not just for, so much criminal background so checks, but their abs- life. At their mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I think where that's Where people have references more, and we're yes. checking references. And yes. That's where I we think can, that's more reflective. That's where we can put all the people to work from our... Uh, there you yes, go. That's there you right. go. That's right. <laughs> Those background on. checks. That's <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, I think that's more relevant than uh, banning specific types of weapons. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that could go further to save some people. I might agree with you. Cause, uh, and I don't think that many, um, I don't think that many people would resist, uh, you know, background checks and even some of these more involved, like what you're talking about. I don't think many people, um, and I'm talking politically would resist that. Like, I think that most people are, are pretty on board with like, yeah, we should know who's buying guns. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, not, not necessarily like, oh, we need to have a list of all the people who have guns. I know that some people are very afraid of that, but more so that like, we should, we should be able to vet that this person is sane and safe. And Uh, mm -hmm. I I would even take it a step further. And I know I'll have a lot of people that disagree with me and they would say it's a violation of civil rights. But so once you do that and you know who has the guns, then you have the right to, to seize any guns that people have that aren't that don't go through that process. Ooh. When you think about the criminals, oh, I know, I'm saying a lot of people wouldn't agree There's with me on that. There's 310 million guns in America. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. more than people. I might resist yeah. I might resist you on on more logistical I, reasons. No, <laughs> totally. It's, it's not, I, I agree totally and from a logistical standpoint, but, and again, we get to the whole civil rights issue of, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Something in seizure. Um, search and search seizure. And illegal seizure, ser- illegal, right, illegal yeah. search and seizure. Uh, but come on, do we really want to do something about it or not? I mean, like, most people that have guns, the government doesn't know about them. I know. Because they've been passed down right, or sold true. or traded. It's only recently that the government's really been trying to keep better track of mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, like, honestly, I'd have no problem if the government had the authority to come into my home search my home for guns and take away anything that's not registered. Mm. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I just don't. 
that would take a long time. No, <laughs> it totally would. And I'm saying it's not logistical, but I'm just trying to give you insight into, into where my mind your head's at. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm, I'm more I'm concerned about the that. mental state. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of switching sides on this. One. I'm less into that one. Um, Cause I'm, I'm for concealed carry. I'm for people totally. having firearms. Totally. I, I think the best way to stop someone with a gun is someone else with a gun. Um, I agree. With I that, just yeah. think we're together on that one. I, I, I think better restrictions and more upfront work could help reduce. Mm. You know, it's interesting though. And in you're never going to get rid of it though. It's interesting. Yeah, on, impossible. On the, on the whole concealed carry with a group that I'm affiliated and I'm not going to go into any details, but there's somebody that carries and it's kind of freaked out some of the other people in the group. Really? Yeah. And so just kind of like the whole concept, I bring this up as the whole concept of like, people that carry that you don't know who's carrying. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that gives me like for me personally, like that gives me comfort. Oh like, yeah. I'm comforted by knowing that there's Someone people that around, I'm yeah. uh, that are around me. As long as you carry. trust them. Well, again, I agree with that. And so that kind of gets me back to my first point. It's like, you know, whether it's, you know, when they're requesting the concealed carry or whatever it is, you know, I'm okay with extra steps being taken to ensure that this person seems, you know, sane, and they that that they're um yeah I just a don't know how you can actually, member of society to yeah. be able to have one. What kind of like I don't I don't know what you would really have on that exam. Yeah. Well, I think that it would probably have to be more of a uh, interview than an than an exam. Yeah, it'd be more of like what we do with yes. like the foster system. Well, yeah. I agree with that because, you know, as a former auditor, I mean, yeah. I was an auditor for many years. That was where my education was and how I started out. It's all about the interview. Yeah. It's like the, the data, the documentary evidence is not as important as mm. that your gut, your, yeah. you're looking at the motivation and intent yeah. of what mm -hmm. that, and you know whether that person's lying to you or not. Yeah. And then you can kind of go figure it out for yourself. Right. But, you know, in that respect, like we had the authority mm -hmm. to be able to. Um, Say no for any reason. Well, we were, yeah, we were able to, you know, subpoena them to be able to look at anything we wanted and everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of getting back to what I was saying. It's like, I'm okay with giving more authority for that where, you know, the government, because again, for safety and security, they would actually have access to your home. Mm. And again, I know a lot of people would argue against that. Well, I just don't, it's kind of like, I don't have anything to hide. So therefore come on in. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason that I'm like, I feel like that's just going to be a waste of a lot of resources is I, I, I said it a second ago, the foster system, like they do way more in depth, um, getting to know these people who are trying to become foster parents, mm -hmm. but abuse in the foster system is still rampant. Sure. But I think it's because I think a lot of authority has been taken away from the um, social worker to be able to make decisions because they would be infringing on somebody's, you know, rights. And so it, that yeah, has become such a big issue today. It's like the individual rights, like, override the greater good. and The and collective the right. The collective right. And, and this is where I'm probably at odds with some people because I talk about freedom and wanting individual rights. But again, when we get to safety and security, I think there's a different ballgame. Mm. Well, I, I, for me, I, I think it always comes back to uh, my rights end where your nose begins. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, if I'm a foster parent and I'm abusing a kid, I don't have a right to privacy because my rights ended at that that's right child as, as, as soon as you touched that child yeah. or did something to that child yeah. absolutely yeah even verbal you know absolutely. like even emotional totally. abuse yeah totally. if if i'm doing something to infringe on someone else's mm -hmm. rights i forfeit my own right i think that that's the social contract that uh the constitution lays out for us mm -hmm. and i think it's just hard to know when that stuff happens True. I think it is. I think you're right. Because it happens uh, most, behind closed like most, doors. Most cases of abuse are never reported. Yeah. And so, I agree, while I, I agree with it, um, what you're saying, I think we also, the people who would come in and say, hey, you no longer have this right, never know to step in and say that. Yeah. And I think that that's a systemic problem with the you know social worker system i think that in in this example we're getting a little off topic but i would say that in this example of foster care systems i think that our social workers need to be 
more well-funded uh, and more uh, empowered and more equipped uh, to be making, uh, you know, care visits. I think that our uh, schools need to be more well-equipped and well-trained to be able to spot the signs of these things because while I agree that abuse is uh, almost never reported. Mm-hmm. I mean, like and the even statistics when it is, are... Most of the cases get dismissed. Yeah. Um, even though it's almost never reported, uh, abuse is always visible. Like, it, uh, it, all abuse yeah. leaves scars. Yeah, whether it be just changing how they act or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. They, it, it leaves a mark. And, uh, and I think that if we do a better job of, uh, if we do a better job of equipping the right people to be able to notice, to be able to understand, to be able to, and I think that this applies the same with, uh, with, you know, gun rights and, you know, some of the things that we're talking about here. I mean, I, I, I don't think that many people would disagree that, you know, if you, uh, if you present a immediate danger to yourself or others that uh, by court order, you can have your guns temporarily seized. Uh, That's, you know, that's something that's a thing. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that, I don't think that many people, even the most stringent gun rights advocates, I don't think that they would really, you know, if you pressed them that they would really Mm -hmm. disagree that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And how many people actually, um, press forward with that. You know what I mean? Like, that's see, I the, think that's the issue because again, we issue. get back to the whole civil rights uh, the, of somebody. You know that you're infringing upon their. Well, yeah, uh, but but again, I think that their civil rights end where someone else's I, begin. I, I agree with you, but I'm saying that I think that that's the fear out there. Like they feel like, oh, it's none of my business. I shouldn't say anything, even though I think they have a responsibility they to do, do so. Have a responsibility. They do. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's on us as a society. I don't think mm-hmm. that that's on uh, the government. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't that's think that's true. I don't think that the, because the government can't be everywhere all the time. It's up all to time. all of us. But again, I would agree with that. We all have a personal responsibility, and I think so. So often, people just kind of sit back and say, "Oh, it's not me. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get involved." How yeah. would you guys feel about? Um, like yearly, like testing with the firearms and having like a uh, like I, a driver's license type of a thing. I actually agree with that. Yeah, I I, th- I think that uh, at first blush, you know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'd support that. I don't know about maybe not annually, yearly, yeah, but yeah, maybe not. Annually. I don't know about annually. Every maybe like every four years, five yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mean, that's reasonable. I I would say if you put it at the same you know level of a driver's license, mm-hmm. which I think is every five years. I don't remember. I think driver's license expire every five years. I think that that's, you know, I mean, shoot, passports expire every 10 mm-hmm. years and you have to reapply. I, I don't think that there's any uh, reason for us to not have things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let me just add that, you know, the NRA doesn't support that, but I disagree with the NRA on this because, you know, their position is the problem with mandatory gun safety training is that it can be so easily used to interfere with someone's choice to own a firearm. Well, come on, let's be reasonable here. I and I would say that the bigger problem with mandatory gun safety training is that it gives people a false sense of uh, that they know right. what they're doing. That they know what they're doing. I, they're that's more that's comfortable a, yeah. to pull it out and yeah. start using that's, it. That's right. the that's the bigger. That's my bigger. Well, that's the same thing with cars. People yeah. are super yeah. comfortable with cars. Be like, I have a driver's license. I've been driving for twenty years. Right. Yeah, I can go eighty around this corner. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, they believe that that requiring them to take the training is going to dis, you know dissuade dissuade them. them from getting a gun. I don't think so. No, I, don't I think, think so. that's a weak argument. NRA, sorry. Yeah, and I, I've known plenty of people who have uh, later in life uh, decided to purchase a firearm. They never yes. grew up with them in mm-hmm. their home, and yes. it was a big decision for it them. Is. And and having things like mandatory training. We're not going to be the thing to deter them from In it. In fact, yeah. they would want it. Yeah. They would welcome it. Because yeah. again, as you get older, you're not as keen. Yeah, and it's like, wait, how does this work? How, how do I do it, this? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm discovering that as I'm getting older, it's like, I just don't have that same mental keenness that you have when you're younger. And I would never want to just trust my own reading of it and how to do it. I would want a professional to say, you know, to, to provide that kind of training. Mm-hmm. So I would welcome that. And I am, I'm totally aware of what you just said. I have people, friends of ours that have 
many of them that are looking into buying firearms because of the state of the world right now. It's just so crazy out there that they, so I think there's more people looking to, to, for protection. More, more, uh, law abiding, competent, sane citizens that want to be able to protect themselves. Because they know the criminals are going to get that stuff regardless. Right. And so they need to be able to protect themselves. Yeah. So I think we would all agree that definitely, um, better information in the hands of the people and, uh, oh, and yeah. better Absolutely. training and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. also helps the issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of running out of time. So I think I'll, I'll just kind of restate where I'm at with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still would stick with uh, co- the common sense gun laws, most of which we're already doing in California. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fairly comfortable with most of California's gun laws. Um, but also just the restrictions on certain types of guns and certain attachments to guns, uh, things like extended magazines and silencers and, and those types of things. I would probably get out. And then also I think background checks are great. I think extended waiting times are great. We didn't even talk about this really in the episode, but two-thirds of all gun deaths in America in the year are suicide. And so mm-hmm. like having those yeah. people with guns should have regular, maybe even uh, psychiatric um, or not psychiatric. Your but doctor buys off on it. Yeah, regular. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I, that, really regular okay counseling. It. That seems like yeah. a moot point to me, because uh, I don't think that uh, they committed suicide because they had a gun. No, I think it was a mental health issue. Yeah, yeah but I'm just saying. Uh, I think that if they didn't have a gun in the house, it would be pills. It'd be something. It else. would be. Well, hey, here's the thing: is like, so I'm just saying. When I, you look at, I don't I think you can that. tie those two things together. The, the only reason I say that is when you look at the percentages of successful suicides with gun versus the percentage of successful suicides with any other method, guns is superior in every in every way. Sure. Yeah. I mean that. Uh, it's like 85% of suicide attempts with guns end in death. Yeah. And I think it's less than 10% in every other form. So I think I, uh, you tend to agree with you in some points, Scott. Um, but my perspective is that I'm less concerned about the types of arms, but I'm more concerned about the background checks. And I think we don't go far enough on that because I think there are a lot of people out there that do have, um, mentally uh, have some issues that have guns because Mm -hmm. where is it that they would not be able to get the gun? I mean, you know, something has to have had happened in order for somebody who's having those kinds of issues to not be able to get a gun. Yeah. And so, you know, you often hear that that first or that event when somebody would go in and show up, you know, they never had any issues before, Mm. even though they've been, They've had mental issues for decades, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm saying I think it doesn't go far enough in that area, but I'm less concerned about the type of arms, but more concerned about the um, mental state yeah. of the person mm-hmm. acquiring the gun. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, we're out of time, and uh, we've got uh, uh, you've got to get house hunting. I mean, we've got to get you out of here, Bobby. That's true. You've got to you've got That's to go. True. <laughs> But I wanted to give a shout out. Oh yeah, I wanted please to give do. a couple shout outs sure. to some of my friends. And I know that I've gotten some feedback from, I want to say Allison and Marg and Lori and Cindy and um, that they're really enjoying this podcast. Cool. I think they more align with my way of thinking yeah. uh, as baby boomers, but we are in the same age group, mm-hmm. um, but they really appreciate your perspective and what they really like is the modeling, the behavior that we're modeling that mm. we can disagree on things, but we're not disagreeable. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I want to hear, I want to genuinely understand where someone's yes, coming from. Me too. And so I try to put myself into their shoes and hear what they're saying and take into uh, example their context. I, I totally agree. And I would just share this as well. So on social media, and I am active on social media less than I used to be, but you know, many of my friends have like either blocked or just don't follow some of their friends that differ from them politically mm-hmm. and because they don't want to read it because it's disturbing to them. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I, I read this stuff because I really want to try to understand mm-hmm. the other side um, because I think we need to be able to make valid arguments. And if sometimes we are just kind of taking a stand for the sake of the stand and, and that's not valid. Yeah. Well, yeah, and no one's ever won to any side by a, a fight. Right. Like, I've never won anyone to any of my opinions in any way, shape, or form by just straight arguing with them. Um, <laughs> I know, I've tried that, and it just it's, doesn't work. <laughs> uh, it's only happened when uh, I've sat down, I've mm-hmm. heard them, mm-hmm. 
and I thought, well, what do you think about this? Well, what do you think about this? And you have just real dialogue with the person. Um, only then have I seen maybe not even a full switch, but just like, oh, wow, I never thought about that before. Maybe sure. I should think about that. Sure. And so that that's really, I think, both of our goals in this is like, how do we have real conversation with each other about real issues? Absolutely. And I think also to my my um, baby boomer friends out there, you know, and to even the the greatest generation, you know, it's something that I've, I've always heard where, you know, like the parents or the grandparents are kind of um, talking down to the next generation. Um, you know, I've never done that and I've never thought that way. And I feel like I've learned so much from you guys, you know, uh, again, I, as I mentioned before, when we had young adults in our home for several years, and I feel like I learned more from you than I would learn from my friends because we already kind of shared the same opinion. Mm-hmm. So if you're not open to listening to the other side, we don't really grow when you're just with a bunch of people no, that think the same way. That that's you right. Do. That's so diversity is re- very important. Super important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And also just a quick shout out to both Emily and Zach, uh, a couple of friends of mine that also listened and said they really enjoyed it. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Emily and Zach. Well, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, if you want to connect with uh, Scott and Bobby at all, uh, you can shoot them an email at hello at realworldpodcast.com or find them on Twitter at the Real World Pod uh, and reach out. Let us know uh, what you think. If you have any, um, if you have any perspectives or opinions that you'd like to share on any of our topics, we'd love to circle back and 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 hear that out from you. Um, but until. Uh, two weeks from now, next episode. Yeah. Uh, we will see you guys then. Oh, one week. One week. Right. Yes. Next. Right. Because well, we, a new one was released last Friday. Yeah, but so. this is we release every other week. It's two a month. I know. Right. But we released it last week. Right. Yeah. So it's, okay. It's right next Friday. All right. Okay. Twenty first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Scott, Bobby, thank you so much for being on this. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. I love you too. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye.